Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to my disco shed in my garden. How, how, how are you? Um, I'm really good. Uh, I'm excited to be on here. I'm excited to say hello to everybody who's logging in from all over the world and uh, excited to do this interview with you. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really good. Do you know, I, I, I've got, I've got such a big intro. I know I, I might send you the doc, and you might have seen it in the doc. But I've got such, like, basically, a long, long time ago when I was at university, I, I started buying records and I started buying vinyl. I literally got like these crappy tech belt drives, and I literally, before I went to university, bought these, te- bought Technics, and I was like, right, I've got, I've got decks now. I can, I can start learning a mix. And, <laughs> and I got, to, I got to Coventry Uni, and I was like, right, I'm going. I went in all the record shops, and I started buying vinyl, and I was like, didn't really have a clue what I was buying, so I was buying a lot. And I bought I bought one of your records really really early on, and I always remember the cover. And I was trying to find it this morning in my stack of vinyls. So I go, look, it's here. I've, I, so that was when I started knew about you right from right from like night long time ago. And I and I was googling this morning. I think the vinyl was the bad girl one off of the L, the long the long. It was the single basically. Off learning. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. Um, and then, and then like, really, like a few years ago, obviously my other half, Shelly, she runs all the drum and bass data transmission. She started going, Oh, I've got, a, I've got, a, I'm working, I'm doing something with DJ rap. And I was like, no way. I know that name. Like, like we split <laughs> names back and forth to each other. Cause I do all the house and techno. She does all the drum bass and jungle. And we're kind of throwing it. And it was like, Oh, I know that name. Like, a, wow, wicked. And then. Well, hi to Shelly because Shelly's uh, yeah. awesome. And she's always in my corner and has supported me for many, many, many years. So thank you, Shelly. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, shells. Um, and then flash forward to so just before the pandemic, and like I literally was since the pandemic, I've literally been consuming every piece of content probably you put out or every interview because I'm like I, I watched so much of it because I was so into what you were doing, and like I've wanted to do this interview for such a long time to just kind of chat through what you do and what you've been about. And as I was saying to you, I think I probably know more about what you from a content output machine of all the stuff you do than releases and music and so I'm excited to have a different kind of conversation with you today uh, probably from the normal rave and drama base and conversations yeah so me too. I really appreciate <laughs> that I mean look it's always great to get uh, someone shine a light on what you're doing and it's always nice to know that someone is is watching and, and doing that but sometimes when you get interviews and it's always the same questions and it's you know I, I, what I'm excited about today is we can have a long conversation dig deep and hopefully share some insights with everyone that follows you I certainly follow your podcast and have learned a lot from them and um, oh, you know, you. Even, even last week I was, I was I was saying to you in the in the green room that I was watching um, stuff you were posting about social media and reels and I'm always learning I'm like a sponge you know I'm it's constant <laughs> I, I could say that maybe um <laughs> maybe I've, I've I've learned a couple of things that are not good that I'm doing that maybe I'm a bit of a doom scroller and I'm constantly searching for stuff and I just I just have it on all the time so I, I I'm excited because today we can learn how to as a switch off from that and also the mental impact that has on you as well as how to produce content and get into it yeah so yeah that's to I'm t- I'm totally down for that as well like yeah the whole like I, there is a thing obviously there is a massive side of social media that isn't great uh, and it well, yeah let's definitely talk about that before we get started though on all of that we do stuff stupid in the shed all the time um, for those that are new here I basically stream from my disco shed in my garden it's a studio <laughs> we built from for for my Twitch streams like it used to be a party shed where we we at the end of the night we'd end up but basically I'm in my shed in my garden and <laughs> Uh, my shed heads in the crew. Hey to them. How you doing? Um, 
um, part of our part of the, this is a lunchtime stream for us. So we always talk about the. We I don't know even where it started. We talk about started talking about meal deals and lunch. And you know when you go to Tesco's or Sainsbury's, you can get that combo meal. And it was always like mine was always like the like tr uh, triple breakfast with like the, all the crisps and all of the coke. And then over the years, it's refined down to like a salad and a water because I'm trying to be really healthy now. Um, and I always ask my guests what either they have for lunch or if they have a meal deal and what they wear, what's their meal deal of choice? Yeah, I'm pretty fussy about what I eat because I believe you are what you eat. And um, I've made a lot of changes in the ever pursuit of staying young and defying gravity for as long as possible. Uh, my lunch times are typically, uh, today I had quinoa, two uh, fried eggs on top, peppers, onion, spinach, and uh, some garlic, and hot pepper sauce. So, yep, that was my lunch. And uh, typically- nice. I'll have a Your Meal uh, shake because it's a complete nutritional meal in one shake and it's chocolate and I love it and I've got such a sweet tooth. And then uh, <laughs> after that, I will hit the gym and uh, yeah, I'll have a light dinner, but I'm quite fussy. And then I have days where I absolutely fail and I just want a bag of Monster Munch and uh, Cadbury's dairy milk and I'll, I'll have a bit of a drink with it. And those are my fail days. And I tend to do that when I've had a bad day or I'm an emotional eater, but luckily not too many of those. So yeah, I'm not perfect with the diet, but most days I'm pretty strict. No Ooh, alcohol. Which, mo oh, which monster munch? Which monster munch do you have? Oh, I'm such a oh, monster munch fan. Pickled onion. Pickled yeah. onion. <laughs> Is there any other kind? <laughs> I don't know the, the the spicy ones are not anyway. Before <laughs> let's put it this way: when you're hungover in the next day and you're curled up on the sofa watching like whatever your favourite thing is on TV and a bag of Monster Munch and yeah, mm. can't go. <laughs> mine is always the mine is always that for the quavers, man. The quavers on the quavers for the hangover is always the one. Like two quaver. bags of quavers. <laughs> yeah, the quavers is the one, man. It's bad. Right. Let's get cracking. So, as I mentioned, I think literally started consuming all of your content around around that lockdown period and a lockdown. So, I thought we'd start there and kind of come forward and we'll play some tracks in between. I know you've got new records out, which you want to play, talk about. I definitely want to talk about content. I definitely also want to talk about NFTs and because I, I know you've done you're in that space as well. So, there's plenty. So, if you can, if let's let's talk. Let's start at the start. Let's start a lockdown. How was that? Because I know and what happened. And let's talk from there. Oh, lockdown was so lovely. <laughs> Such <laughs> fond memories I have of uh, being forcibly restrained in my house and contained. Um, no, I mean, here's the thing about lockdown. If I can go a little bit before that. So mm. for those of you who are new to what I do and everything, basically I had been living in England for 20 years and then I had signed a major record deal with Sony Columbia. And in order to have success with that record and, and I ended up selling quite a lot of it, 3 million copies. I moved to America, um, which I was asked to do by Sony, and I spent 22 years in America. So there's a whole generation of people here that don't really know me and haven't grown up with me and don't understand where I came from. So it was bizarre because Fabio, and um, who's an amazing mate of mine and uh, always been close to my heart as one of my closest friends and an amazing icon for me, he, we'd had a conversation he, and he was basically saying, you know, rap, you should really think about coming back. And it's funny, none of us call each other by our real names. It's always by our DJ names. It's Fabs <laughs> or, or Frosty or, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, so, you know, he's like, it, the sound right now is really huge and it's sort of an ode to the jum, uh, jungle days and people are just making that again, but with a modern twist, you should really think about it. 
So I had started coming back over here and just sort of hanging out with certain friends, V-dubs and staying in a house and, and Dizzy, who was a mate of mine, and he let me stay at his house, God bless him. And, you know, I was crashing and barking and I was crashing in, 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 in all these different places and mates' houses. And it was quite mental, actually, and just going out raving. And I was just taking a sneak peek at what it was like because I hadn't been back in England for a long time in that sense. It was 22 years and I'd come back for a couple of gigs, but really I just wanted to come back and just see what was up. So there I was one day raving, uh, I believe it was a hospital event. Yeah, I think it was a hospital event anyway. Um, and Metric was playing and I was on the podium, like having a good boogie and a dance with all the other <laughs> it's boogie anymore, but I do. And um, and I, I literally sort of found myself tears in my eyes, just, just going, my God, I, this is amazing. I've missed this. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing jungle and drum and bass and that I'd walked away from it. That wasn't what was happening. But I had definitely not been part of the scene. I was I was touring America. I was touring band stuff. I was touring Tech House. I was touring jungle. But jungle was getting smaller and smaller in the States whilst I, it seemed to be alive and well here. And so I'd slowly been raving and then the, the stay times with my friends were getting longer and longer. Like it was two months now and it was three. And I thought, then I got a phone call from my lawyer talking to me about Brexit. And she's like, you never guess what Boris has done. <laughs> so he's like, put it this way. If you don't come back by this date, you may never be able to stay here again. Um, because I'm actually not British. I am half Italian, quarter Malay, quarter Irish. And I have an American passport and I have an Italian passport. And I, you know, had fallen in love with what was going on again. I, I really liked what I was hearing musically which was a huge part of it for me. And uh, so I decided to make the move and come back here. So I came back and I had all these records and I thought, and I did a time-lapse video of me categorizing all my records and putting them by year. And uh, I just got my studio set up, all my records set up, of which there were like 5,000 records and get it all set up. And I had just moved into this place. And, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, one day I think it would be cool to actually play these records on a regular and have that happen. And I was starting to think about that, which is why I put all the records together in February. And then mm. lo and behold, March, the first lockdown happened, and I was like, well, I don't know if you can swear on here, but I won't. But I was you like, You can, you, know, you can, it's cool. I swear all the time, you're good. I was like, I can't believe that I'm in absolutely the right time, the right place, and this synergy was just happening. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to start streaming then. So that was a big part of the lockdown and the misery that I was, because I'm used to. Living in LA, even if you're poor there in the smallest apartment, every apartment has a pool, you know, there's the hills, hiking, there's swimming, there's beaches, that's all free. So I'm not used to being contained in a place, no matter how big or small it is. And it was hard on me because mentally that drove me insane, not be able to get that hike, that sun, that walk to the beach. Um, so I just decided to throw myself 110%, you know, Mac 10 with my hair on fire sort of thing and just, <laughs> just develop this whole community because what I was feeling was lonely and what I wanted was the antidote to that. So I decided to create a community um, and stream and, and, and I thought what better way with a captive audience than to put out all this streaming. I've got all these records, different genre and I did a different, you know, stream, which was a different genre and I just wanted to do it. And I, it, it was a lot of fun to do that. And I'm still doing that, obviously, every every week with my tribe. But the point is, it was like 
perfect opportunity to create something born out of feeling antisocial and, and lonely and all those things at one time. And then just overwhelmed by being in a new, not in a new country, because, but it was new in a way because everything had changed. I had to relearn everything, who all the producers were, all new sound design, a new style of producing. I, it, it took me two years, I think from 2019, which is, yeah, my birthday, I released my book. I remember it's taken two years to from then to catch up to what's going on, who's who in the scene, because it was all brand new. So it was uh, very overwhelming. So you've, right. I want to go into streaming in depth because I like, obviously I love streaming. It's a big part of everything we do now. But before we start that, you can, so categorizing all those records, that, like the little geek inside of me sound, that, that went, oh, that sounds like fun. I should go and do that with my records. Like, like that sounds like a load of fun categorizing every record. Like I would, I think I'd have enjoyed that. <laughs> I made it fun because what I did is I invited friends round for drinks and every record I played. So if you imagine 5,000 records and then, you know, so there were, there were, there were sometimes where I was doing it on my own and there were times where I had like sort of mini record parties where three or four people <laughs> in the studio and we would just, you know, have a few drinks and we'd listen to each record and each record of memory would come flooding back. You know, you play a record from 1986 or something like that, you know, Acid House records all the way through to the latest records that I had on vinyl. So I tried to make it fun in the sense that let's have a re-association re with every record <laughs> gave me a you know, that's the beauty of vinyl is you play that record and instantly you're transported back to that moment in time where that record meant something to you. But yeah, it's a giant pain in the ass as well. <laughs> but once it was done, it was awesome, you know. Yeah, but uh, you know, to go back to your question of how was lockdown, I think that's what you asked me in a wrong, long roundabout. Um, I think it was the same for a lot of us DJs. At first, there was this weird sense of excitement, like opportunity and all this stuff. And everybody I spoke to, you know, I was speaking to DJ Sense and all the people that were just constantly streaming. And we were all, you know, forming these WhatsApp groups, as many people were. My neighbors and I still have a tight WhatsApp group. And I live in the best street in the world where the neighbors are just, we're all mates. And I live basically opposite a pub. So it's amazing. And, um, you know, we all, we all maintained that bond and there was this huge sense of excitement and opportunity and togetherness that, that I think people hadn't had for a long time, you know, going outside, clapping for the NHS, everyone hanging out. And that was the, the, the beautiful part of it. Then it got really weird. And I, I think from, from, from an artist's point, because nobody knew what was going on and it felt like this ap apocalyptic movie and it was just like really frightening. And I think now we can all see that there was a lot of BS and, you know, biggest wealth transfer grab. I'm not going to get into all that. But the point is, is like, you know, after a while, everybody stopped working so hard and streaming because they felt that energy just, we felt drained. A lot of artists that I spoke to were suddenly like, I don't feel like making music. I just feel like sitting on my couch. I don't feel <laughs> I'm in this whole different antisocial yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember how before yeah. it was all together? Let's all get together. This is amazing. And we're all as one and brothers in arms and da 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 And then it was like, stop. And it just all stopped. And everyone just started to not speak to each other. And everyone just started to get sad. And everyone just started to get, because it was this dystopian sort of depression of being living under constant fear, constant do this, constant do that, constant do this. And I don't respect tyranny and I don't respond to it. And I think everyone just started to get sort of, angry and then the angry yeah. is underneath the sad and it's all compressed right? because no one's <laughs> each other yeah. so now it's a fucking bubbling volcano of just underneath and it just became and for me there was a lot of negativity with that watching the news doom scrolling i was guilty of that all that stuff and i think um mentally 
I can say to you now, <laughs> I keep thinking of this TikTok video where there's a cat, you know, going mad and the cat's like doing something. It goes, mentally, I'm not in a good place. Mentally, I've got problems. And the cat's like doing all mental shit. But I think that I can say now, two years on from it or a year on from it, I can see how it's affected me. Instead of being a happy person, I have moments of happiness and I'm content, but most of the time I'm here and I realize I'm here because of the constant influx of shit and doomsday stuff and corruption that I have seen happen, that I'm angry and that it's all there. So yeah, I'm the same as everybody else going through that. I don't feel like I used to feel before and I have to work very hard to be happy now. That never happened before. You know, I was always like the sort of, not glass half full, because I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm more of a like, let's see how things are and, and really look at things and, and, and live in the moment and the facts. I'm a very pragmatic, factual person. So for me, it's very much like, okay, I've got to focus on what I can control because this is what I've been left with, this amount of space that is mine. Because you look at what has happened to us, we're not in control of shit. <laughs> yeah. None of us. Us, you know, I, I, I definitely, you I, I definitely say to myself on a regular basis, like just control the stuff you can control, and and anything that out of that, anything out of that realm, then just don't worry about it, and just let's just focus on what we can can control, and keep pushing the stuff we can control, and you know, anything else is quite ne negligible because it's just it's you're just going to come and go, and it's you know, but just control the stuff you can control. My best mantra to myself, if someone says, "What's your best advice?" is I just. I, they say no to things that overwhelm you now. Just say no. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I can't deal with this right now. It's okay to, to, to say, don't sweat the small stuff. And it's definitely okay to say, I can do nothing about that. So just forget that. And I, I, I'm not great at that, but I'm definitely working. I work on that consistently daily. You know, if I'm having a bad day and it's not good, I, I, I just am now much better at turning around to people and say, I'm not bloody machine. Like I'm overwhelmed <laughs> a minute. I need a minute to watch Chicago fire and look at sexy firemen, please. Everyone just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love that. Just, yeah. I love the, just that, like I, the other one, I, the other thing I saw with the no thing is, is is that is what they what someone's asking you to do actually adding to what you're trying to get to, like your like what's your goals and are you going f is is this thing that's going to is it a shiny something else that's just going to distract you from actually going forward on what you're trying to achieve or does it actually add value to what you're trying to achieve and there is like that, there's a little grey sometimes between those and but sometimes like saying no to them actually keeps you focused on what you're trying to do all the time and it's like we, I get it all the time as well. I think the biggest challenge in my life is that it, it, it is in the sense of, of prioritizing and saying, this is what I'm good at. Here's where I'm a gold mine. Stop making me do other stuff, everyone, so that I can focus on what's what I'm really good at. But that's also ever changing, isn't it? Because through the pandemic, we learned, let's pretend that, that I'm a tree for a second, right? And I'm this bud tree. And suddenly through the pandemic, I learned I could grow branches. I'm a video editor. I'm a social media content person. I'm a, you know, I can do all this other stuff, I, which I never knew I could do. Like I'm producing a freaking TV show right now. Um, I'm, I'm able to be a director. Um, things that I didn't know. So you suddenly branch out to all these different things. Um, but that doesn't mean you should do all of them and wear all those hats. So what I tend to do is prioritize days and, and have the hats on for those days and give it the best shot I can. But ultimately, 
things suffer. I don't make as much music as I used to. And, and if I was left alone to, to just create music, I would be creating so many different albums right now, whether they would be house, drum and bass, pop albums, uh, you know, stuff with I'm singing, bass, all that has just gone under the weight of all the other stuff I'm doing. So, you know, it's difficult. Definitely. One of the things you did learn was streaming. So let's, let's, let's talk about streaming. Was it just that everyone was streaming and you went, shit, I want to do this? Like, how did that kind of little fire start and where did it start? What platforms? Like, what was, like, let's talk about setups and yeah, let's, let's go in. I, I believe I was actually one of the first ones to do it. So I, I definitely didn't look at everyone and go, let's do this. I was like, no, we're doing this because this pandemic's <laughs> here to stay for a while. I knew it yeah. wasn't going to be a two month thing. Um, so I jumped right on that. Um, Basically, equipment-wise, setup-wise, I have um, – okay, so I'm a bit of a nerd with with GoPros. I'm a GoPro freak. <laughs> Some people collect nice. cars like GoPros. So I've got eight GoPros. I have a static setup of four GoPros studio for my streaming, and I have a movable kit of four GoPros that I take on the road with me abroad and all that stuff. So I like to film everything because content is for my tribe, and that's the content that I give them. Um, so I have four GoPros set up. I use a black magic switcher box so that I can edit on the fly whilst I'm DJing. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically a box that has the four cameras connected to it that's connected to my OBS where I stream from out of my Mac. And whilst I'm DJing, I can hit each camera angle on the drop of the tune and therefore saves me editing, which is awesome. Because when I started streaming, it wasn't – you remember, it was a mobile phone and it was like all these bloody wires and it was just – what a nightmare. And I did a few streams like that. And then I thought, you know what? I want my streams to look so professional and so mm. gangster. I don't want it to look <laughs> like no disrespect to anybody who's streaming from a kitchen or doing that. Not everyone can afford the equipment. I understand that. But I wanted to make it look a certain way and have a certain feel. And because I could do that, I wanted to do that. So I, I'm really glad that I took the time to to have a company come to my house, show me how that works. And they did a really good job and set all that stuff up for me. And uh, yeah, you know, it was a good thing to do. So, so yeah, I've got the two CDJs, obviously, my mixer set up, my vinyl set up, everything ready to go. And, and that's basically my streaming setup. I use OBS, like I mentioned. Um, and I'm going to start doing some TikTok lives soon. Not too many. The other thing I felt that was important was not to stream for free too often. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into this. And it's one thing when there's a lockdown happening and another thing when there isn't. Um, I think I'd rather be viewed more as there's some value to what I do rather than constantly giving everything away for free. Um, and so I did make a decision early on to um, set up a streaming platform. I initially started on Patreon and then I moved on from Patreon to my own website, which I then built particularly for my content, my tribe and the community that I'm doing. I wanted everything in-house so that I was not reliant on social media platforms. Should they go down? Should they censor me? And the other thing I did that was important is I bought a music license um, because I, I feel that's very important for artists to get paid for all their work that they do. And, you know, having a, a license is really important to me. So that was my setup for streaming. Did you get the ICE license? Is that the one that's that's for streaming? Uh, you just uh, contact PPL and just ask them which license works and which broadcasting license. And you go there and they give you a bunch of options depending on how many hours you're streaming, how much content you're doing. If, is it is it video? Is it your own? Blah, blah, blah. There are multiple options. And then you pick that option and that's the license you have. So there isn't one particular license, but there are options. Perfect. And they will help you. 
give them a call and just say, what do I do? They'll just send you to the right links and talk to you. They're amazing. So, yeah. That's cool. So, uh, so lockdown, you were, were you streaming like every day? Like, were you streaming live? And then it's come down now to, you mentioned once a week for your tribe. Is that, is that another no, kind of schedule? I wasn't, I wasn't streaming every day. I, I, I can't remember how often I streamed. Actually, probably once a week was what I was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I would do a bigger stream for, let's say, Hospital Records or something like that or Moondance. I was pretty fussy about who I streamed for because, again, it's like, does it help? Is it in brand? Does it make sense for us to help each other? Or is this just more, you know, am I just doing this to titillate myself? <laughs> you know, I'm not into that. It's more like let's work smart, not harder uh, for the sake of it because burnout is a real thing. So, yeah, for my tribe, um, we actually do a once a month stream and then we will more streams if I'm not doing a piano concert because I, I write songs for tribe members and, you know, do things like that. So I have a, a piano concert side of things for my VIPs. Um, I also create music and things like that. So it depends how often we're doing things, but I'm definitely moving to a format where we will do more streaming um, depending on the need and the, and the demand, you know. So, yeah, we'll see. right now I'm at capacity that I'm doing. So it's a matter of, you know, making these streams really special. And sometimes we'll do two hour ones and or we'll do an hour and they'll pick the genre. Uh, but we are moving towards more streams of definitely at least uh, three a month, at least within the tribe. Amazing. I want to talk about the tribe in depth in a bit. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll literally, can, I can, I, I've got a switcher too, so I can switch and go and look through all the tribe options in a second as well. So <laughs> that's um, awesome. That's awesome. That's so uh, I'm. On, do, do you know what I'm on a stream deck? Cause it's a little bit, sim- little bit different, but it's, it's the same thing basically. Um, it's from Elgato. Um, yeah, wicked. Okay, so look at that streaming down. I, do you know what? One thing I'm going to say is I, I was listening to a podcast, an interview you were doing way back, and it was like you literally kick some somebody out. There was, I think it was an all female thing, maybe a Women's Day thing. You literally kick someone else's ass because they were like, I don't know how to stream. I can't do it. And you were like, yes, you fucking can. Like literally without the swearing. And I was like, yeah, go on, rap, go on, tell them they can. Like, Yeah, I yeah. have an expression, can't lives on Won't Street. And, um, you know, if you say you can't, then you can't. But uh, if you actually believe you can, and listen, I had a lot of help. Um, I'm a... a, a I can repel technical gear uh, like nobody, but what I've learned is that when you sit down and practice something, so I would hold the GoPro in my hand and go, I know this thing is scary. Just take it apart, (laughs) watch YouTube videos, put it back together. We have YouTube and it's such an amazing tool to help you. There is someone for anything if you don't know how to do it pretty much. And so uh, I sat down and learned how to unwire things, put things back together. I'd have practice sessions of how to put equipment together. I had people help me who were just like so frustrated with how scared of the equipment I was. And in the end, I realized I really had to embrace it and just look at it. It's not that I have this ability to be great at this stuff. And I say that with the most humble respect to anybody who feels that way. I was the worst. But what I have learned is that if you believe that you can learn how to do something as simple as take a GoPro apart and put it back together, eventually it becomes like second nature. Because remember when you learned how to drive, for those of you who can drive, you were like, how the hell do I look in the mirror, the seatbelt on, do this, that, that, that. And, and then eventually you're driving and it's like nothing, right? So eventually, with practice it's practice 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 so yeah getting i still get sick to my stomach before i do a stream like will this go wrong what will happen i have deep technical anxiety so i understand where that comes from but you absolutely can do everything if you're a woman you can give birth 
you can do anything. <laughs> if you're a man and you can walk on the moon, you can do anything. There's nothing we can't do if we don't apply ourselves. Um, you know, talent is a different issue, but when it comes to technical stuff, it can all be learned. Same as with a musical door. Your door can be learned. Ableton can be learned. Logic can be learned. Cubase can be learned. The talent is a different thing. But any technical aspect, I always say to my students or people I'm mentoring, you can absolutely learn that. You just have to be put that block in your head of how terrifying is aside. And just remember, what's the worst that can happen if I do this? Will I die? No. Okay, then we're good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like, it's like, like the, even the simplest, uh, a long time ago, you learned to walk and you definitely tried to stand up and fell over and definitely fa landed on your face and definitely had to crawl a little bit. So you know, like those things you learned by falling over and crashing and you're right. Every, everything can be learnt, and you just have to believe you can. And I tell I tell certain people that they, they can do that all the time. And the learning is in the failing. That's where you learn all the stuff and what not to do is by trying everything which way you can. Like I have to do put together my first TikTok live stream soon, and I'm absolutely terrified. I'm like, you know, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to practice and have a practice day. So that's what I, I would suggest is just practice things. You know, putting things and learning and I learn all the time I learn from people constantly there's always different ways to do things but you know the practices in the failing and making the mistakes actually you know I mean that's kind of what's fun about it failing is I I know it could be horrendous to fail but I had one of my streams fall down and fail and there was a technical error and I had missed put one of the custom uh, one of, when you're doing a custom stream there's a custom key and I'd missed one of the letters in the key and I was in the middle of a like just you know and I just said to everyone I'll be back in 10 minutes when I figured this out so <laughs> yeah. uh, very big glass of uh, <laughs> pink gin with uh, lemonade and I sat down and I figured it out and I was back and yeah the world didn't stop turning so ours is we had we went through this weird period where we were like set everything up and there was nothing went nothing was going wrong we'd got the questions written the art the person in the stream had been prepped and and we were like we're ready to go like on earlier than normal <laughs> And then every time we did that, something would fall down. I'm like midstream, like midstream. Like one time the bloody camera started falling over and we had to prop it up with an inflatable banana uh, the, from the from the fancy dress box because that was all there was. Like my assistant's like trying to jimmy this inflatable banana around because we were like live on the front page of Twitch and it was there was thousands of people watching and we were like, shit, what are we going to do? And we we're like trying to prop this up and the sound had stopped. Oh my God, it's... Yeah, you just have to take a deep well, breath. I'm not focused on the inflatable banana, but I'm sure that's another story, Graham. Uh, do you know? So as I said, I mean, I mean, for those just join us, I mean, basically, I am in my disco shed. Um, in my disco shed, all the crazy happens. Basically, just off screen there, there, there's like a big box of fancy dress and inflatables and crazy like in here. Oh well, if you want to do fancy dress, I've got my cat, my cat hat that I'll put on. So that we have we have wigs and 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 all the sorts of. <laughs> All the sorts of crazy. And oh, well, I'll definitely have to put my cat wig on in a minute. I'll have to because we have to get crazy. I love that. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, fan, all, all happens in the disco shed. While, while we're still on streaming, are there any kind of standout moments that you kind of, that you absolutely just remember going, that was a banging stream and it was just so memorable? I think one of the great things about streaming is you didn't have to play to a, um, a crowd in a club. So it's a completely wonderful experience being able to play a liquid set or a slow chill set or a really fast set of something completely different to what you play. Because when you're a DJ, you know, go to a club and, you know, there's a certain type of sound that it's got to be that big sub bass, that heavy thing, especially with D&B, Jungle, all of that stuff, you know. And what I loved was playing music that people haven't heard for such a long time, you know, and, and 
and actually getting into the flow. And also I thought what was cool was I, I, I have a thing, I've got about five, 600 dub plates down here from Music House from back in the day. And, you know, I would do a quick practice before I did the live stream and I would film that. So that's content for my um, tribe members. So basically there's a video without any talking and, and that would be my practice. And, and it was just great to rediscover so much music. But yeah, there were loads of streams where it was just like, especially on YouTube where, you know, the classic warehouse one um, was my favorite and the breaks one. I had so much fun playing the breaks one because, you know, they're just outside of what typically people are used to me playing and, and just, yeah, just doing those. So they were, really really fun to do i had a lot of fun doing those streams and and seeing that you know some of these have had just so many ridiculous amount of views is great so yeah people come up to me all the time and say your youtube shows thank you so much and that that's pretty cool that impacted so many people i love that you know because can you imagine if during a lockdown no music was allowed and everyone just went silent and that's why I say it is worth more than one ninety nine or just a Spotify listen and a like. Because think about how we would have got through lockdown if there wasn't so many people putting their heart and energy and soul into streaming and providing that community for everybody to get together. Imagine if that didn't exist. Yeah, that'd been horrible. So I think it's it's a valuable thing in that sense. And I think we all understood that. So for me, the standout moments was that amazing sense of community and people talking about the records and all that thing, you know. Talking of records, we've got a new record out today. Look at that segue, holy moly. Um, let's play a brand new record. Uh, let's take a little break. And I've got a brand new, we've got a brand new record we're going to play. This is my, I'll make sure I've got the right tab. Yeah, this is the one. Yes, cool. Ten days. This is the one, right? Cool. Um, let's play this. Tell us about this new record. Uh, this is called Firing Shots. And it's a record I first started making probably about five years ago. And then I revisited. I do this a lot. So I, I make records and stop them at certain points. And then I move on because I'm bored with them. So I'll have bits that I like. And then what I'll do is I'll put them in a folder in my Ableton saying song ideas. And so this was a song idea that I had written probably about four or five years ago. And um, I really like the MC vocals that I had. And I like elements of it. And then I went back and revisited this last um, well, I, eight weeks ago, maybe revisited it and finished it within a couple of days because the idea was already there. So this one's called Firing Shots. It's out exclusively on Beatport and um, Spotify for two weeks, and then the worldwide release is on the thirtieth. Um, the reason Beatport is really important for us artists um, is that we get these chart positions, and that shows everybody sort of the records and the younger people the records and things like that. So you know, I'm not sure it's as relevant today as it was back in the day, Beatport, in the sense of these chart positions, but it is important. So we do these pre-order links, and then people see the record, they order it, and it charts high. So that's what that's all about. Um, so yeah, it's important for that, and I appreciate your support, but have a listen to it, see what you think. It's a nice cross sort of jungle and D&B, I think, which is kind of interesting. I love Shelley banging on the door, dancing in the dancing in the garden. Let's let's play this though. <laughs>
Wow, wow. Let's gang in the chat. We know we're giving this, don't we? <laughs> I know what, so so it's a wrap. Well, basically, we from on a, on a Wednesday we do demo streams. Basically, we listen to demos live. They're great fun, and we kind of feedback on demos. And we have two things. Basically, we have the rave horn, and, and then I'm a, I'm a massive Hulk fan. So the other one we have is we have the Hulk smash. If it's, we absolutely love something. Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mental. That was fun. Let's so so we went from streaming to building a to building a started building this community online. Let's talk about your community and let's talk about the tribe and tell me about this how it how it all built and how it's kind of grown over time. And well, remember I mentioned like it, the whole thing started in the pandemic, but for about f- four years now, I've been trying to stream from my website. And the technology, uh, I, actually six years, and the technology just really wasn't there. And I tried it, and I've been doing this on and off for six years, trying, and then Patreon was a great way for me to start exploring how this work. And you've know, got lots of platforms now that do it. The technology's there now. But like I said, I wanted it on my website. So if you go to my website and you have a look on the tribe uh, on djrap.com, there's a little tab that says join the tribe. And <clears throat> in that tab, if you click on that, it will tell you what the different tiers get. There are three tiers and we will probably do a different tier soon for producers. But right now there are three different tiers and you've got proper fan, super fan and VIP. And if you click on each of those, they will tell you all the content you get. And as you can see, there is a vast amount of content. So it's quite a lot. You can read that whenever you want um, and look into it. But basically, obviously, you get a stream from me, uh, streams from me. You get um, a video recording from me. You obviously, get audio recordings from me. But also, you get the live tour footage everywhere that I go. So, you know, when I go somewhere, I film it. And it's basically like riding shotgun. You get on the behind the scenes. And that's super cool. Obviously, you get wallpapers, um, lots of content. My tribe and I, we work really hard to stay connected. So there's lots of Zoom hangs and personal interaction. There is a Discord channel, of course, that everybody communicates on. And, you know, we just are big on hanging out with each other. Every Monday, everybody gets their goodies. There's loads of goodies there. There's merch, personalized merch, dub plates that are made for people. I mean, you just have to look on the have a look. It's pretty sick because some of the things I've got six unreleased albums, and for my VIPs, um, you know, I produce a dub plate for them, and they can choose any two tracks that have never been released and put it on there. So there's a lot of really, really, really big things that happen there. But the biggest thing that I'm really proud of, which ties in with my uh, TV show that I'm producing called Playing with the Boys, um, or YouTube show, depending which way you want to look at it. Uh, we haven't decided where it's going to go yet, but we take one fan subscriber a month with us to experience. Uh, four days of travel, uh, festival, and that country, all expenses paid. And I take them along as a thank you for supporting me. Um, and we can't do this forever, but we will do this for as long as we can. So we've had um, Danny S.Y. came to Croatia with us. We took Mark Middleton to Germany. And we had the Santa Pod episode, which was filmed this week, where we did all the uh, team hard racing car drivers. And we got to drive in racing cars. And we just take Way. It's pretty sick. And what we're going to do because of the energy crisis in um, November is we're going to start doing a lucky win spiel, a spin, and one tribe mom- member a month will win £250 to go towards their bills or however they want to spend it. And uh, every three months, we'll take someone on a voyage with us. But, you know, next year, we want to go to 
country. So, for example, imagine a travel show meets sort of adventure and meets um, a festival. So that's what we're doing. We're going all around the world, different genres, and it's going to be super fun. But that's what the tribe is about. It's all about community and building that community. And, you know, nothing hurts me more than just the thought of just giving content and not communicating with my uh, with people. That's not why I did this. That's not why I got to it. I'm not just a content whore. Just here you are, have your content, and I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to interact. That's not that does not flick my switch whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I want to have you know a thousand people on a Zoom call. <laughs> I want to talk to people and find out what's going on in their lives, and, and it's a safe space for them to have a chat and do what they're doing. You know, we had a wonderful Zoom hang last night. And it keeps it real. And so that's really important to me. So that's what the tribe's about. And, um, love really- that. Yeah, I love that. I love, that's why I, I, I like doing these streams. Like we literally have our shed heads and we have our shed head discord. And my one of my friends, like I, said, I was wearing that hat, my friends actually made me a shed heads hat. Like it's literally, she made it for me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, she made it for me. Oh, I'd love more weird hats. I love hats. But yeah, I mean, um, I think that that's the beauty of having your own little community is that, you know, when you die... And you, you could say, look, you know, I left a legacy behind where I tried to bring people together tr- through music. And, you know, this is, this is, I'm not saving the world. I know that, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, if you can bring joy to a group of people through a shared passion of the music that you guys have all discovered and grown up with together, I think that's a real thing. <clears throat> and then like breakup wise, like, is it all producers? Is it kind of just, there's their fans and producers? And how, how do you, how's that kind of, you mentioned you can have a producer kind of tier as well. Yeah. Actually, we don't have these. These are just like you and me, normal people, and um, it's not producer based. It's 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 fan people who love jungle and love electronic music and just love the whole community that that brat brought back in the day. But then there's also a modern group of people that love that. I tell you what, I'll say the typical person who joins my tribe is someone that's open minded about music, probably was around back in the day and grew up with it but at the same time a lot of people are there that didn't and they want to know and rediscover it so we're not only just working on the nostalgia aspect we're working on the new aspect of it as well so it's all things new all things old and you know it's that kind of thing so I'm very aware that my tribe members are probably you know very much into the scene when they when it happened and 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 come from that and there's a huge sense of that community of people what it was like then but there's also a huge amount of people in there that are like really modern and just want to rediscover what it was like and love being in a space where everybody's just super nice to each other you know and and they can flick back and talk about their records and that's what the discord channel's there for they can upload what they want and do all that stuff so yeah it's not it's not really producer heavy to be honest with you because i haven't focused on that that's going to be coming soon but i've not focused on that yet you know that that will definitely be something that i will focus on probably for the rest of my life in a really heavy way because I want to open up my door and show people how I make tracks and and get through that process and I, but that is a big project and it has to be thought out carefully of how I want to do it and that is something that I'm reserving for Twitch definitely later on in the game. Nice. Nice. Um Shelly Shelly says Shelly Shelly I think I need Shelly I think you have why are you not joining Shelly? Why have you not in there already Shelly? Shelly Shelly wants to Shelly's like I think I need to join. <laughs> free to join like you join up for the first month and it's free and yeah. uh, for my nft project i'm actually giving away three month membership for free so Sick. you know nothing to lose by just trying it right you just sign up and then um, cancel if you don't like it you know but um shelly sounds it's, do you know what it sounds up, absolutely up shelly a load of jungle is singing out it sounds up, right up shelly street like holy moly there's <laughs> <laughs> a load of jungle hanging out but what i love about it and what advert new stuff either you know like yeah 
It's cool. And then, like, I'm so interested, like, I for the last few years, I've been so interested in the kind of community and kind of, like, since we've done Twitch, and a little bit before that, I was, I've been into that kind of community and how that community grows. And like you say, you're putting out tons of content. How are you, like, is it kind of, how is that growth happening? Is it kind of from YouTube and all the other things you're doing and just all your social? And is that the pusher or is there some other thing that I'm just not aware of. What do you mean? Where's the growth? What, what, what do you mean? Like, you so clap? your community obviously grows and grows and grows and grows. And it's, is that coming from, I guess, I guess I, th- I think it comes from your social media and I guess it comes from you and you being out there and touring and YouTube and all these places where you're kind of putting content. But I always don't want to guess again. Like I always don't want to think I know everything. And I, and I thought I'd just ask where your growth is coming from, from your community. Is it, oh, and is there something else where, that I'm missing basically? Do you mean where I'm getting the most conversions in the sense of the, yeah, the, most yeah, yeah. the channel? Um, that's an interesting thing because <laughs> necessarily, I, I think it's, you know, you always hear these things. Like if you've got a hundred thousand people watching you, that t- typically 1% is what will convert. I think I don't focus on that. I know that sounds weird, but I think that for me, the goal of putting out the content is to let people know what's happening. I don't want to put content out about, here's me painting my toenails. Here's what I had for breakfast. Here's me at the gym. You know, I might occasionally do a gym shop, but that's about it. Uh, I, I really want to talk about things that that are in brand with me and what I'm doing and hopefully will help other people as well. So if I'm producing a show like Playing With The Boys right now, I'm focusing on a lot of YouTube shorts. Um, if I'm focusing on growing my TikTok, I ask people, firstly, I ask them what they want to see. And on TikTok, that platform is very much a tell me what you want to see and I'll reply with a video or I'll do a music clip or I'll do all these things. So it comes from me learning about what's happening on social media. And and, and I spend a lot of time researching social media, like what's good, what's happening, what's the trends in the sense of not the trends, like sounds and things like that, but what are the algorithms doing and, and, and what are they responding to? Okay, they're responding to reels more than videos. They're responding to reels more than photos. They're responding to this. TikTok's becoming a search engine, you know, and it's the biggest platform in the world now. YouTube is doing this, that, then. And you've got to constantly keep an eye on what all these devils are doing and catch up with it. <laughs> Pretty much sure Facebook for me is, is dead. Um, oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish my thought. Facebook is dead in the sense of I don't stay on top of it for the algorithms because Instagram is more where my growth comes from. So when I look at my analytics, I look at where I'm growing the fastest and YouTube, TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, I already have 90,000 fans on there. But the trouble is my, my reach is strangled because they want me to pay to reach my own bloody fans so they can, right? Yeah, but- you, you can reactivate those though. Yes, but you'll have to show me how. Uh, you know, I, I haven't got on there and, and I'm trying to do that for me. It's like I just post what I post on Instagram and it goes to my Facebook and I haven't taken a deep dive into Facebook because I'm just against the whole strategy of people charging me to do that. And it's so complicated on Facebook. I get on there and I feel like it's just visual vomit. It's just so much. Can't you just show me how to get to this and this and this and this? So I, I'm... You know, I'm much less a fan of Facebook, but I will definitely take your advice because I'm always up for learning and I would love to learn more how to reactivate those 90,000 people that I work very hard to get on there. Um, but Instagram, I see it instantly and I know they're all connected to Facebook. I get that. But for me, Reels is a huge reach. Um, you know, it's typically like over 5,000 for, for stuff, 7,000 for, for views. TikTok is great for me, but it's, I like TikTok because 
one, I'm a fan of TikTok and I scroll TikTok for at least two hours. <laughs> and me and my friends are sending each other funny cat shit. Um, so, I mean, you know, I know how TikTok works because I'm a fan of TikTok. I'm an actual TikToker myself. Like, I love TikTok. It helps the stuff that I have on my TikTok feed is very positive and fun and educational. And I'll spend hours listening to different stuff, podcasts, clips from that, you know. Whereas it's interesting, the reels on so my reels on YouTube are much more educational based. There'll be much more stuff like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan and stuff like that. Whereas TikTok is much more funny stuff that just makes me laugh. It's interesting the different things that you get on your algorithms, you know, maybe one is more politically based. So I, I, I look at those and I look at the analytics and I see what content they're interested in. Like right now, my TikTok fans are really interested in me talking to them. Uh, whereas before it was a, where were you when this happened? I did that as a series. I love where those. I, I love those. By the way, thank you. And yeah, I'll do, definitely do more of them. But I felt it was getting a bit stale. And so I just did a post saying, what do you guys want? And then they told me. And then I did content based on that. So right now we're Love telling that. stories, tales from the rave and my favorite DJs or my favorite producers or my favorite genres. And I'm really much letting my TikTok fans dictate what they want from me. And then I'm repurposing some of that for YouTube. Uh, but YouTube is more about like, you know, I'm, I'm making sure there's content every single day about that. Just it's more action based, my YouTube stuff, I think. It's just a different side of me because I think it's a bit boring if you go to each platform and it's all the same content. And therein lies the rub and the difficulty in producing good content to make it specific to that channel and being a fan of it. Because I know a lot of people are like, well, just take one video and just repurpose it and just put it on every channel. And mm, doesn't work for me. You have to repurpose it in a different way. You can take the same video, but repurpose it in a different way so that it mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, um, I'm not saying don't use the same content. Let me be clear. What I'm saying is, is that if you really want to get into it, you can repurpose it, but you've got to do it in a different way so that it makes sense. Like just adding something different to that video, a logo, or adding a bit of you in the middle of the video, talking first and introducing it. Like, you know, people will respond to that. So I don't know. I mean, you're really good at this stuff. I would love to take a lesson <laughs> from you. Have a look at what I'm doing and show me where I can make changes. You know do you know, I was looking at your shorts earlier because I've been getting into shorts and uh, anyway, anyway, let me rewind. Facebook, you can reactivate your Facebook by Facebook Reels because Facebook has Reels now. So uh, your, uh, Reels. Yeah, yeah, they smash it on Facebook and that's how you activate your Facebook, basically. Uh, but I was, if, you're, if you're doing your Reels on Instagram and it says automatically go to Facebook Reels, is that the same, I just, thing? same thing? I just post them separately. I like, I'll... I'll I post them. I, I actually, do you know what? I actually have, like you're saying, I actually have two different strategies for, for two, two different, for the platforms. Like we are basically, one of my strategies is for growing Twitch and it's all of the kind of clips from Twitch and it kind of, that is one strategy for one, one, one channel. Like you're saying, different content for different platforms. And we, and we also just, because we we're trying to learn TikTok, we were like, well, let's just try something completely different to what I'm doing on Instagram, which is all the learn and, you know, you should do this and you should do that on social. You should do this. So we're just trying, we just, we, we're like, we're like, well, like you, th like you're saying, there's no point. Us, well, there is a point putting up, putting the same content because it will do different people, different audience, but let's try something different on a different platform, you know? Well, this is different. Um, you've got podcasts. So you've got an unlimited amount of, of uh, and to anyone who's doing this, this is where repurposing is really useful. Like you've got a complete podcast here, which is two hours of amazing content, right? That you have that you can chop. So you can take one bit where I say something that you think is a, a diamond out of my mouth. And that could be a 30 second 
TikTok. And it's just real talk because the things on TikTok that people like is either to be made to laugh, to see something sexy, <laughs> or to be educated, you know, or someone just giving some real talk. So what the thing about Instagram, it's all this like, I'm an influencer and I'm in Bali. Fuck off. No one cares. You know, like, <laughs> Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, anyway, don't even get me started. But like, <laughs> you know, on Instagram, it's all that, right? Filters and how to look great and all this and everything's perfect. And look, what you see on social media, it's not what it's like. And I have people call me and go, oh my God, you're having this amazing life. And I see you, you're so happy. And, you're so, and I'm like, that's my social media. Yeah. I mean, I want to put out like good content, but that doesn't mean that I'm walking around all day with a stick up my ass going, oh my God, I'm so happy. It's like, you know, I'm working. And and often on TikTok, I'll put the videos of me working so people can see what it's really like. Today, I'm creating this on Canva. Today, I'm doing this. And, you know, or I'm dropping in the NFT Discord platform for Record Shop. Like today, I'm making this. And, you know, it, it's, it's I'm basically just at my desk working. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's very but you've got this amount of content you can repurpose. And I think for TikTok, if you just take sound bites that are really good, you know, and don't do longer than a minute or 30 seconds, people will really be interested in those podcasts. Look at James Smith. Look at any one of these people who just talk real. And they, I mean, he's the, he's the number one leading like fitness expert on there. And he's got millions of followers all around. Him. But he's done that just by keeping it real and just saying, this is bullshit. Like, You've got the perfect educational platform for saying you don't have to post 50 million things a day to be relevant, but one great piece of content that really helps people will get shared virally. That's, that's, that's something important, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to study those platforms and see what works with them. You know, I started posting on TikTok a while ago and it just didn't, didn't take, it just didn't take. And mm. then I, it took me a while to figure out like, what do people want? Let me try this. That might work. That might not. So don't get disheartened if nothing's happening. And plus the algorithms change. Now it's not pushing out where you get TikTok and you instantly get 3000 views. That doesn't happen anymore. It's pushing mm. out over a longer period of time. And what I love about TikTok is other people will tell you what's happening with the algorithms and they're just keeping it real. I love that, you know. I've been so interested in the TikTok algorithm for quite a while. Like, do you know what I actually really love about TikTok album is that it recommends more of what you like. And I, I, I rec it recommends like if you're watching DJs, you get more DJs. And I love that that you can literally play records on there, and then all of a sudden the, the next the next one is another DJ, the next one's another DJ, and the next one. And I love that. That's because it's spyware. <laughs> yeah, mad, right? I mean, it's proper frigging spyware. You like something once and you'll, I mean, look, that, that is the bad side of it. But hey, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, it, it I also love that there's actually now DJs that are becoming DJs, not from making records, just from playing record, just from playing records and going, this is record I like. You should listen to this record. You should listen to the rest of it. And doing that consistently over a long period of time. And then getting loads of gigs off of it because because they're putting content in the right platforms at the right time and the right space and the right shape and you know they're just doing it right basically. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's lots of amazing content on there and it's nonstop and that's what I mean. You get addicted mm. that dopamine hit and you know, <laughs> I don't know how good this is for you because mentally I'm addicted to it. I mean, I live alone, so I have social media on for the moment I wake up, whether it's a podcast I'm listening to or whatever it is. I try to put brain food in in, in my brain early in the morning to get me going, but then at night it just turns to like cats and cucumbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah nice one thing i really i like i like uh, what you just said then a minute ago was i i like that you go back and you kind of look at what's working and what you don't and i feel like a lot of people miss that step like they don't reevaluate what's 
what they've put, like they don't spend a few hours going, right, that one worked. This one didn't, this one didn't. And why didn't it work? And I feel that you kind of, you're definitely on that ball and it's, and I, I love that you were saying that. Uh, I, I, well, I think that, you know, first off, I don't have any magic answers for anyone or what content to put. I can help you in the sense of telling you what I've learned. Um, but for me, even this week, so I went to my, uh, the YouTube shorts and I've scheduled two weeks of YouTube shorts and I've purposely put a mix of different content in there. And then what I'll do is look at the analytics at the back and you don't, it's not hard. You just look at, it tells you right there next to the video. Once you go to the studio side of your YouTube and go to your video content and it will show you how many views. And then you can go, okay, this sort of people seem to like that or people don't like that, or this really got like a lot of views. So, okay, maybe that's the right thing. So with, cause YouTube shorts for me are relatively new. I've started watching YouTube shorts just to see what kind of content is on there, what the style of it is, how it works. And then I'll look at my analytics and I'll adjust. So I'll adjust every two weeks with my, my content. Um, I do that with TikTok. I do that with Instagram. Uh, Instagram is more for me, just put the, put content out there, let everyone know. But now I'm realizing, and again, you've got to keep your eye on it, that people want to see real life in motion. You know, they don't really want to see static stuff. They want to see real life in motion. So, you know, I, I, I'm, it's almost like people want to, I tell you what would work. And if I wanted millions of subscribers and mil if I wanted to make a lot of money really quickly, I absolutely know what I'd do. I would stick cameras all over my house and then just forget about them. You want to see real <laughs> life? That's real life. You see me on the toilet? There you go. Uh, oh you my just gosh. You know, but, but that's the point. People want to see what you're really like. And we're not, TikTok is probably the closest to people starting to see that beginning of that reality pr stroke promotion pro real life. It doesn't happen on Instagram. It certainly doesn't happen. So for me, um, I think that's really interesting. And I'm keeping an eye on that and seeing where that goes. You know, the more you can show, like, I want to do posts where I'm talking about where I'm overwhelmed by stress today or where I'm doing that and just saying, and that's how I'm going to overcome it. It can't just be a bitch fest because no one wants to turn that on. If I see that on TikTok, someone go, oh, I'm just like, scroll. It's not interesting. <laughs> someone who's an immediate victim. What I have is empathy for someone who's saying, Today was tough, but this is how I overcame it. And, you know, it's been a tough day because of this. That could help me overcome my own problems. So I think, yes, you've got to keep an eye on it constantly, Graham, and, and you're constantly looking at the analytics, but at the same time, well, constantly every two weeks. And then you're looking at things and seeing the trends. You have got to sit there and watch it. And the best way to do that is to be a fan. But now I'm going to talk about the other stuff. Okay. Can we, what I was going to, I was going to say is, well, I was going to go into that. Uh, I was going to say, we spoke for a bit. Should we have a record to uh, break it up? Cause I was going to yeah. say then, and then, and then we'll go into the other side. The record I'm going to play, I found on your TikTok and I, I I'm, uh, did it, did it, did it blow up from your TikTok and did it come from your TikTok and did it start on your TikTok that you do this edit and you, it started, you started putting it out oh. and. Bush, yeah, this, this it blew up definitely on TikTok a little bit, definitely. Um, but I, I just felt I, I've been watching Stranger Things like everyone does. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. And of course, Kate Bush, I grew up with her. She's friggin' amazing. And why not? Right. And uh, I had gone out the night before DJ and I turned around to my mate and I said, you know, I've got to do a remix of this. Uh, I just hear the whole thing in my head, how I want to do it. And yeah, I just did a couple of videos on TikTok and it just sort of blew up. And yeah, and then YouTube help give it some more love but yeah what's not okay, to like the reason it blew up is because it's kate bush not me <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song okay. to start with 
Yeah, you know that. Right, let's play this. Let's have a quick drink and uh, carry on with the, with the side. that the rave one <laughs> that was epic thank you Did yeah you... that was a, that was a that was a i'm just reminding everyone i'm not dead track <laughs> <laughs> i have a i have a text on my phone that i will never ever delete and it it's from dillinger and he just he just sent me a text and he went absolute classic well done and i was like oh my god dillinger sent me a text <laughs> i was so excited because you know he's like god so Lesson. Amazing, amazing. That's amazing. We've Shelley. She, uh, we'll tell you. We'll tell you our Dillinger story. Shelley will tell you her, her Dillinger uh, story one day. It's it's our actually, our friend was sitting there talking to Dillinger in this back room of this club actually, and um she was she was banging on about all it, all the all his records and all his records and didn't realise it was Dillinger at all. And then Shelley went and all right Dillinger, and our friend <laughs> went oh no, like like literally been fangirling, yeah. I think he thought we were crazy. I was I, I was at a party once and I was um let's just say I was a little inebriated, had too much to drink, and I was with V dubs and we kept going up to him the whole night going doot, 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 and just driving him insane, both of us in his ear, one in each ear, and it was like, you know, we just love that guy. He's amazing. Right. Uh you definitely seem like like myself, you're definitely like I've watching it, it's your content machine, and there is a kind of balance between a content machine and I like I definitely myself have to take breaks and I definitely we were just about to touch into your kind of the other side of social media and I, we definitely need to talk about this as well um how do you manage your day how do you manage your strategies and then let's talk about the other like that other darker part of it okay so again I don't have it down to a perfect science how many of your audience would you say are sort of producers or artists or wannabe artists or or is it mainly just most of them. Okay. So, so, okay. So I'm talking to people who really are, are interested in this part of it. Um, what I try to do is I try to split my day up so that I can prioritize and focus 100% on the task in hand. So for example, I have to live by a calendar and I write everything in my calendar. So I write when the next set of shorts need to be created for YouTube. I write when the next set of TikToks need to be made and I will spend dedicated time doing those and then schedule what I can. And the things that have to be live have to be live. For example, if I'm doing TikToks for a month, I will either record them all on one day and be like, this is my TikTok day and I'm just doing TikToks and that's it. And I'll bring different clothes to wear and I'll do changes. So when I was doing the, you know, where were you when this was happening series, I would play a record. I had all my T-shirts hanging up and I'd change, go back to another one, go back to another. So I get it all done in one day and that's the TikToks for the month done, you know, and then or two 
worked. And then uh, the same thing. I know that sounds like a bit like, but then what's live? But then I do do live stuff as it happens. Something interesting might happen. I want to talk about it, but for the scheduled stuff. So I would say prioritize and just make peace with the fact that you can't always do everything you like when you like. That's the first thing you've got to make friends with is that not every day is going to be unicorns and lovely and making studio music and just disappearing into that lovely producer hole and just not seeing anyone and having any responsibilities. We all want to do that all day long. I can't. I'm lucky if I get into the studio three, four times a month. That's how little time I have to actually make music. And that is hard for me because that's all I want to do. So I will start my morning off, for example, where I'm like, this is for me. I'm not good at I'm not a morning person. I am an evening person and a night owl. I work best at two in the morning, uh, not at nine in the morning. So I wake up really slowly and I just try to listen to a podcast. I go around doing the housework, whatever bits I need to do. And then I'll go to the gym. And then after the gym, once I've taken care of myself, I feel I am ready to take on the day. And then is the day that I sort of, you know, it's, emails, emails, admin, admin. So I've got four sets of emails that I have to deal with. And I just focus on getting all the emails off my plate for that day. Look at what's important, prioritize it, get it done. So there's the tribe emails of all the questions and things that I'm dealing with the tribe. You know, anytime you have a platform that's a subscriber-based platform, there is admin, people losing passwords, or how do I do this? Or, you know, how do I get my goodies? Or I'm new or blah, blah, blah. Because every time someone signs up, they get a free Ableton lesson and they get a a five uh, EP track. And, you know, so there's things to make sure everyone's got. I am a huge fan of personally saying hello to everybody that signs up, making sure that I deal with people personally. So they have access to me with my email. So there's a lot of admin. Um, then there's emails from everything else. You know, I run a label, I have a TV show that I'm doing so that all that shit has to be taken care of. Once that's done, I then make sure I have a good dinner <laughs> and I go out for a walk or something with my dog. And then if I've got any en energy, I will hit the studio. But a lot of times I actually end up just watching TV and chilling out because I'm fucking exhausted. And, um, you know, so I split my days up with content days and the days that I don't do that, I'll set aside studio days. Like this weekend, I've had a cancellation. I'm not doing uh, the Elusive Festival. Um, so I can actually make music this Sunday. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get in the studio and work on a new track. So I would say prioritizing your days and making your days about something else and then switching those days around so you don't get bored. So let's say Monday is your TikTok day and Tuesday is your YouTube day for content and da, 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 da. And then if you do it for the next two weeks, you don't have to worry about that stuff, you know. So that's how I manage it. I, I try very hard to get it done. But then of course, there'll just be a wrench thrown in and someone will, there'll be a bunch of emails or a problem or a fire that will start somewhere in my, you know, in my world where I have to focus on that and pull that together. And then I'm behind. Or if I go away filming for four days a month, which I do with playing with the boys, I come back to a huge amount of emails, you know, so it's, uh, I try to get everything off my plate so that the weekends are all about either gigging or just doing my own thing. That's nice. it. That's it. Nice. So it's not easy. <laughs> so, so, so many in the chat are not morning people. If you're not a morning person, one's in the chat. Definitely. Let's, let's, let's see who is a normal, not a morning person. Raise your hands. Give us an emoji. Do One, something. One's on emojis in the chat if you're not a morning person. Let's get some interaction. Let's wake them all up a little bit. Yeah. yeah look, it's all going on. I, like, I, I'm, I'm literally the opposite. I'm a morning person. I wake up at 4.30. Uh, I start work at 4.30. Uh, and, uh, I, and... <laughs> And then I'll go for a run at about eight o'clock and then, oh, sorry, actually I'll go for a run at about six and then, yeah, 
Why? Uh, I'm, <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love waking up. No, I've I always woke up early. I, I, I have lost boyfriends because of this. I mean, you know, if you, if you wake up next to me and you're like, you don't know how to lay in bed and snuggle a little bit and just hang for a sec before we, if you're like jumping out and you're ready to go, I, I cannot, I, 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 you've got, we're done. <laughs> now, now it's dark now, now, now it's dark my running kit has to be all like I have to go the night before my running kit still be in the, ready to go so I'm like it, not fanning around the dark waking Shelly up it's like yeah man I love being up in the morning I love that quiet part do you know what in the morning is for me no one else is awake except for people on the other side of the world and I can watch somebody on Twitch or and I, but mostly no one else is awake and I can literally switch no notifications off my phone's behind me nothing beeps at me nothing messages me I can just sit and work and it's lovely I did get into a, a, a it lasted about three months where I got into this pattern of going to bed at like 11 which is really early and waking up at like five and I was so shocked and I did all my work by nine o'clock and I was like, oh, I've got the whole day. This is great. But then I just stayed up late and just ended up wrecked and tired like I was cracked out or something. I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. This is amazing. And then I was just like, no, go to bed by nine. <laughs> but it, it, now I'm just like, you know, I like to work at, at one, two in the morning because the, it feels quiet for me. That's my quiet time. I just think it's depending on your nocturnal clock that you've got going on your, mm. you know, everyone's different that you know agreed yeah, agreed um i i love the like i do the same with with the content thing i like i literally like i have calendar my i literally everything's in my google calendar i'm and i'm so anal with my google calendar like it's blo- everything it, everything's in blocks and it's like i have blocks of time for certain things and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all about that, man. I read a good book that uh, talks about it. So, what's her name? Amy Landino. She read, read this really good book and has a really good YouTube channel. And uh, I, I watched hers and she talks about calendar blocking all the time. And I loved it, man. It gives me structure and it helps me because I'm I'm uh, extremely forgetful. And uh, my mum has full dementia and I always worry if that's something oh. I'm going to end up with. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I'll sit down like this morning, I was emailing my friend Travis from Beatport and just letting him know that I've done a new Beatport chart because the track's out today, blah, blah, blah. And I forgot his name. And it was five minutes. I was like, what's his fucking name? And it was really scaring me because I always think immediately of my mum and I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. And then I look at the calendar and I'm like, email Travis about your chart. And I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to, you know, look, if I lose my mind, I lose my mind. But at the end of the day, like I, I find writing everything down is helpful. I'm the same with my production. I write, I've got pages and pages of PDFs on my computer of everything from start to finish of a track that I'll just relook at because I, I can... I can get really forgetful, you know, if I'm not practicing in the studio every day and I'm not, um, then yeah. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. I have to do notes for everything. And I, like I've the same, I've had three, three grandparents that had died from dementia and I'm always the same. I'm like, am I going to get it? Am I forget loads? Am I, am I just, or am I just, you know, tired and overworked and stressed? myself about that, Graham. There is a comforting thought. Dementia is hard for the people around you, not for the person who has it initially. I mean, my mum thinks she lives in a hotel and she's surrounded by royalty. She thinks she's in this alternative, crazy, bizarre world where she's just like, she is having the time of her life. And she's in this amazing care home in America with my sister. And, you know, she's, she's just like, she turned around to my sister. She goes, the staff around here. <laughs> like, mum, they're nurses. You can't talk to people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> what hotel are we in? Because, <laughs> you know, we grew up and uh, my, my stepfather ran hotels and that was my history. So we grew up in hotels. She, she thinks she's in a hotel. It's bizarre, you know. So I think hard on the people around you. But anyway. I don't and then of, like we were saying about the, the, the side of social, like, um, are you, like I, I, over the summer, I had a few weeks break and I absolutely loved it. I know you, you mentioned before, we kind of chatted before, you're going to, you're going to have a break and kind of just recharge. Do you do that regularly? Talk to me about that kind of re-keeping so, yourself mentally stable. Yesterday I had a bad day. I was feeling really overwhelmed and everything. It doesn't happen to me very often. I, but I turned around to myself and I went, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I realized I've got burnout. I'm, I'm close to burnout, you know, and I snapped at a couple of people. I wasn't the best version of myself. Um, and, you know, it, that's not who I am typically. Um, and I was just overwhelmed. Like, uh, I won't mention any names, but somebody wanted to do a really big interview with me. And they had sent me the interview form and said, yeah, we've got the questions. You just write all the answers. And I just went, I'm not here to provide content for you. Like, if you want to interview me, we'll do a proper interview and we'll talk. And that's more fun. But I'm not just going to spend five hours of my day writing content. You know, and that's not normally how I'd respond to something like that. Normally, I would just do it or whatever. But I'm having to say no because... I can't handle what's happening. So I'm starting to take it out on people and be a bit short. And I realized that I'd snapped at like two people in, in that way or not handled things as graciously as I could have. And, um, you know, I turned around to the producer of, of the show and I said to him, yes, I said, look, I am doing everything here. I'm doing the social media, the scheduling, the editing. I said, that's not what, you know, I can't do this all on my own. So we're going to get help. So I need to make room in the budget to do that. And if that means we do one less episode, because here is me now saying I'm at capacity. And it takes a lot for me to get to capacity, but I just started like crying at stupid moments and just feeling like fucking miserable. And I'm being honest here because I don't want people to think like, yeah, you know, Sometimes the thing about social media is you work really hard and everyone thinks that by liking your stuff, and by just reacting, that's great. But sometimes you just feel like all I'm doing is shit for free to people to like. Give me something back because this is how I make a living. I don't have a job. This is my job. So I'm making music off digital. So I'm not complaining, but what I'm saying is, I think people take it for granted sometimes, all this content for free. It takes hours and hours and hours. And it doesn't take a lot of records to get to a number one at Beatport. It doesn't take a lot of records to have an iTunes number one. Um, it, 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 and, you know, you can get in the top 10 with just 30 or 50 records. It's not what people think. And, yes, it's great that you support people on Spotify. I love that. But Spotify get the money more than anyone else, you know, and it's like, if you saw how much we get, TikTok, you make no money. Look at James Smith. I'll pick him. He did a brilliant video the other day where he turned and he goes, I've got 2.3 million followers, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I make no money off TikTok, but he does what he does because he gets advertisers, he gets sponsors, and that's how he makes his money. He makes a book. And so the whole point of social media isn't really about conversion. It's about just letting people know who you are, letting them know what you're doing and not, I've changed my mindset of like, if I have a hundred thousand followers, maybe 1% of them will convert. I don't give a shit about that anymore. My social media is now just to let people know what I'm doing and not try to sell them something. If they're interested in what I'm doing and they like what I've got to offer, then they'll want to do it. I don't need to shove it down their throats. I don't need to say, buy this, do this, do that. I'll put adverts up saying, I've got a new merch line out because I need to let you know, right? 
But at the end of the day, it's like social media is just about, so sometimes just constantly putting this constant con- uh, content out. It can be a thankless, loveless job because you don't get any feedback, which is why things like what you did for me the other day and things like you're saying, I'm watching your content, it suddenly makes me feel like, oh my God, someone actually notices the work that I'm doing. Someone is is understanding that because a typical fan, they they just think you're just doing that. Like, oh, look at me, I'm having a great time, snap. It's not, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not like that. And that's not the reality of versus like, there's a lot of funny posts on social media that do make me laugh where someone will do, you know, Instagram reality, like someone in yeah, Dubai. Yeah actual reality where they're like five minutes before on a beach and it's da 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 and it's just like you know I I I I wanted to do a post the other day where I was like and I haven't done it yet but I I I really want to. I went to a festival. I won't name the festival. It's the first time in my life I've walked out of a festival and refused to play. I walked past this festival, got sent to the place where I thought I was playing and the promoter had been on me for social media because everyone knows I post a lot and do all this stuff. And I saw like 3,000 people on this stage and it was amazing. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. The place is going to be a good one. Yes. You know, and then we just walked past it and kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And I'm like, so, 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 so where, where am I playing then? And, and it was like this little van in the back of a field, two fields away with five ravers in front, like having it. And it was that. And I just went, I think you've got me confused with the wrong DJ love. And I literally went, I'm not playing. And that's it. I walked out, I burst into tears. I was just like, I had a proper diva moment. But, but it was, the thing was, is if you're going to use me for my social media and you don't, then, then you do a bait and switch and put me on the wrong stage and don't tell me. Yeah, that, yeah that's not a cool move. Yeah, that's and not cool. a little more respect than that. So you've got to stand up for yourself. And sometimes all these things, if there's no one around you to ever say you're doing a great job or nothing's converting, like you're for all the work you're putting out and you're working for free, because all this is free, right? All this social media, every single thing you see someone post, it's all for free. So you're working not for minimum wage, but for free. So we make our money off gigs, merchandise if it's going well, or subscriptions, or sync, licenses, all other things. You know, and it's it's all those little apples that make the tree and make the basket of fruit. And so you scrape it all together. Some people do better than others. For me, this is all I've ever done my whole life and I don't want to do anything else. So I feel that I've got no right to complain about any of it because I wake up every day and do what I want to do. And that means I own my time. And if you own your time, then you are richer than any billionaire because like owning your time and doing something you love, it's not a privilege everyone gets, you know? And so, yeah, sometimes it can be hard, but I always try to remember that I'm still one lucky bitch because I get to wake up and do what <laughs> every day and yeah mostly it's stuff i don't want to do it's admin and it's things like that but it's still my baby it's still mm. my stuff this t-shirt is my t-shirt that i made for my merch line it's my stuff it's all my stuff and when it's your stuff no one's going to care more than you you know what i mean so that's what drives me every day but there are days like today where i'm highly energized and i'm really good then days like yesterday which are rare where i just i'm like i just what's the point and there probably isn't a week that doesn't go past or a day where i think what the fuck am I doing? Why am yeah. I doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Why you know, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that entrepreneur social media post where it's like, it's like, like that, and you're just like, but yeah. I, like, I completely hear you. Like, I, like, I sometimes she'll be like, "Why is your face crying?" And I'm like, I don't, 
I'm like, I'm like, I, I hadn't even noticed it, but it's just like, I'm, I'm literally at that point where I'm near burnout. And she's like, why is your face crying? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I and, I'm like, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, I think, I think I'm near burnout. Yeah. People don't realize it does take a lot of time. And the thing is, it's like, if you like watching this stuff, I think the problem is, is that we've all grown up with um, thinking that music is just free. But do you remember when I said, what if in the pandemic, everything had been silent, yeah. you know? Um, it, it, you've got to realize that music is the audio it's the audio soundscape of our lives. So it does have a value. And whilst we can't stop technology from advancing, and I'm all for that, and I love all that stuff, as you know, but I think that we really need to get to a point where artists are treated much more fairly for the amount of work and content. You know, I know artists that are struggling so hard, who are so talented, and it's not just about your talent. It, you have to wear so many hats. You can't just be someone that makes music. Now, there are three types of people in the world when it comes to artists. There are those that are um, sort of gifted. They have a bit of a talent. Then there are those that are medium. And then there are those that are super talented. It's only really the, the geniuses that are able to get away with not doing much social media because they just come up with something so amazing and so viral that it just does the work for them. There are artists that you'll see, they hardly post, they hardly do anything. You know, I sort of fall into the second category, which is like the middle one, which is like, I've got some talent and I've got some, you know, I've got some chops and I can do this, but I'm certainly not a genius level. And so I have to work really hard to be good at what I'm doing. I have to work really hard on tracks. I have to work constantly to get my tracks to be better. And making good tracks is so hard. It's so hard. And yet, but there'll be some 20 year old who can just make a track, but they, and they're incredible, but they've got no idea how to break through. And they come to me and they say, I don't understand why I'm not getting any traction. And I'll be like, it's because you haven't got any social media presence and, or it could be this or that. So it's, it, it's really difficult. And then you'll get the person who has absolutely no talent that just does a bloody porno video and suddenly they're like massive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kardashian. So, I mean, you know, it, it's all about different things. But the point is, it's like you can be talentless and make it huge just because you're just showing banal content, or you can have some talent, but you don't have the chops and all the other things that support it that will help you get there, or you're just a genius and then you're lucky. Now, how many of us fall into that category? So, I think most of us fall into the middle category where, as artists, you have you know you have something inside you, you know you have something to give, but I, I strongly recommend like just practicing all the the other things that maybe you don't have in your kit like you know let's say you've got a good, great bow you need all these arrows to be sharpened so that you've got these other tools like how do I promote myself what does my brand look like like what do I want to project out there there's this great artist called Moisen who I, I like to say I've caught, sort of discovered because he's he's my little protege and he's an most amazing DJ and artist and incredible and he's really good at getting his brand together and doing all these different things and he pushes so hard you know and that's what you've got to be you can't just be be, oh, I'm just going to be in the studio, blood smoking a blunt, and no seat in it. I don't have to do anything else <laughs> anymore. We, 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 we know, we, we know Moisin well. Moisin's one of the Moisin. Moisin's a shedhead. He's been here for ages, man. We know Moisin well. He's Incredible. a G. Yep. I have him on every one of my proper ammos. I will never do a show without that guy uh, playing. He's a phenomenal talent DJ, can play anything. And as a producer, he's really, really great as well. And when he cracks mm. it, he can crack it large. So, yeah. 
Love it. Yeah, love we love. Yeah, big shout to Moisten. Uh, he yeah we, he was we haven't seen him on our streams for a bit because he's been busy. So but yeah, we, we hope to see him soon. Um, yeah, we love Moisten. He was always he was always part of the he was like literally part of the original back when I started streaming on Twitch. He was one of the regulars here. So yeah, great to see him. Well, there must be questions, um, right? <laughs> yeah, there's flipping loads. Uh, when it ah. Oh, when, the first one was when you're going to start streaming on Twitch. Uh, so, so, Cyclopton's Prime would love to tune in. <laughs> That's the thing. It's uh, I keep meaning to. Yeah, I've got. I, I, I'm just really busy with the TV show right now, so I'm trying to not overdo it and plan something. But I, I do want to do that. I just. I don't know enough about Twitch. I'll be honest with you uh, to know how it works and and how that is all set up. And what I want to make sure I do is that I stream uh, using the same setup I have here. And that is something I'm getting to. I'm definitely going to do some live TikTok streams and I'm going to definitely do some Twitch streams. That's coming my way. But if you really want to know what I want to do on Twitch, it is um, the occasional stream, but I really want to do an education producer platform on Twitch. That's something I'm really interested in doing where I literally open up my door and we go through different processes and tracks and stuff like that. That is a much more in the future thing. And that's something I'm looking at putting together and I'm starting to, because I don't know if you guys know, but I used to have an electronic school called, uh, it was online called Music Tech Collective. And I, I do a lot of this stuff and I, I teach privately. So this is something I'm thinking Twitch would be really good for in my future. Um, and something I think I can do till the day I die, you know, offer mentorship 100%. and have different guests uh-huh. come in. I would love to partner with someone if they're interested. Uh, but right now it's like I have to do all the work. So it's a behemoth. And because of the way I think, it's like, okay, I'm thinking of the whole curriculum, how to do it, how to lay it out. And it's such a massive task that I can't do it whilst I'm in the middle of doing a TV show. So it is something that I will be doing, but I will do it soon, definitely. And I will definitely do a stream soon, definitely, for TikTok and Twitch. I might be able to help you with the with that Twitch thing, and I, uh, let's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after, and I'll and I'll, tell you some, I'll, I'll tell you some stuff about Twitch after. But from the TikTok point of view, I, yeah, I'm trying to get to that thousand points so I can stream because there is that kind of you can earn again. You there is that earning potential from the from TikTok lives, um, from from the kind of gifts and stuff. So the same on TikTok live. So yeah, I definitely want to start. I might do them once I get to that thousand point. Yeah, I think what would be really great for you is to have people ask questions and answer the question and just do one podcast where you're just answering questions that everybody has sent in that's specific, then you can use that, chop that up, and that will be all your TikToks for a month. Like just simply ask, ask <laughs> send in your questions and I'm going to do one podcast, which is no guess, it's just questions answered for, for people who want to know. Maybe that could be something. We could do half an hour that's or, amazing. Something or something. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm having that one. That's, I love that. Someone, yeah. someone thinking of content ideas for me. This is great. Like flipping out. Amazing. All day long, Graham. All day long. Trust me. Oh my <laughs> word. Drives me mad. Should we play another record? Shall we play? Maybe, maybe, um, do you have Never Again? There you go. You'll see it. Never Again. There is. The there you go. With Exile. Amazing. I love Exile. He's our friend, isn't he, Shelley? Thank you. 
there we go. Quick, quick track interlude. Uh, I'm quick. conscious of time. Nearly flip. We got a quarter of an hour. Okay. Now where did the time go? That's meant I could do another five hours with you. <laughs> I know. I was like, shit, shit, we're running out of time. I've got loads of questions there. We're only like halfway through the type of thing. Shit, we might have to do a second one at some point. Um, right. I'd love to talk about record labels. Uh, and also I really want to talk about NFTs um, because I'm fascinated. I think I'll start with NFTs and we'll go to record labels and releases and gigs and all that finishing. So I think let's talk NFT. I, I'm fascinated by NFTs. I know you've done a drop with Record Shop. And I think I was listening to a Record Shop Twitter space where you were on it. Um, again, I see, I see your name popping up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to this. I, I love what you're talking about. Let's, let's get in. Um, so tell me about your kind of fascination with NFTs. Tell me about what your kind of, where you're at with them and like, tell us about this drop and what, what's involved. The way I like to explain NFTs to people is, and, and cause I've got, you know, a few fans who are sort of older like me and they're like, mm, I don't know, you know, it's all Bitcoin, isn't it? And all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, forget everything you know about that. Imagine you go to buy a track right? And all you get is the MP3 or the WAV file. Typically, that's all you get, right? You go to anywhere to buy a track, that's what you get. But when you go to the NFT store, you get a uh, multi-dimensional package. So you'll get the track, you'll get the video, you'll get a story card, you'll get all these things in the same price. So you get much more for your buck. Now, that's that's for your money. Um, the American is still talking. But um, so basically, <laughs> that's the first thing is that, w- that when you buy tracks from anywhere else, they're one dimensional, you'll get one file. When you buy an NFT, you can get, a, if, you, if you're buying a track, you'll get all these different parts that will come with it, a little video, all these things. And actually, I've got a whole bunch of drops coming. We launch on September the 30th. So there's a lot of stuff coming and big prizes with my NFT stuff. So I'm just going to put it out there. But here's the thing. What I love about it is also the visual aspect. It's really cool. It's exciting. But the thing is, anything you can think of creatively, you can make and turn into a product. So, for example, if you've got vintage footage, if you've got uh, photographs, if, you, if you're great at drawing, if you're an art person, if you want to draw people's record sleeves and make that a series, obviously there's licensing issues, so you know, be, make sure you reach out to them. But the point is there's loads of things you can do. And, and for me as an artist, what fascinated me was like, oh my God, this is perfect for someone like me who is multi into all of it, schizophrenic musically, and just has all this product and content. And oh my God, it's just not self-limiting. So I came up with a concept where I wanted to put most of my popular songs all together for an hour long visual experience. So if you're a gamer, you can turn the volume off and, uh, sorry, just have the music playing. Or if you just wanted to get nutted in your house, you could have an hour of visuals with music. And I remixed all my classic tracks. So they're different. So you never can buy them anywhere else, but on the NFT market in this form. So that, so let's say good to be alive. You can get it, but it's a different version. You can't get it anywhere else. And they all blend into each other. They're all mixes, this sort of cinematic, musical visual soundscape and then I've chopped them all up and I put hidden tracks that have never been released inside there like there's a track from Ronnie Size a track from all, all different people so every four tracks is a hidden track and you and to get the whole series of them you have to to get all the tracks you have to collect the series so imagine you back in the day people would collect baseball cards right or people collect stamps in England right so you'd get a, a set of cards and that's basically it. you get a set of my drops and if you collect all of them you, you unlock all these goodies and these prizes like you win a trip with me abroad um, you know if you collect two sets you get this and that and the three months membership if you get this and it's all 
these prizes and mixes. So it's just so much more content. But here's the best part, artists, about friggin' NFTs that I love. <laughs> It's the best part right here. Do many of you know Discogs? I'm sure you do. If you go on Discogs, you'll see everybody selling vinyl, okay? So someone is selling my records right now on Discogs to other people when they've paid for it and I'm not getting paid. That doesn't happen with an NFT. Every time you sell an NFT, no matter if it's sold on and on and on, I will always get a percentage of that money. So it's the gift that keeps giving. When I got my first NFT check, I I pooed my pants i swear to god <laughs> I, I, couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that i actually made some money from selling music i was so shocked that's how bad it's got the bar but my point is it's like every time because there's code in here every time there's only one original but every time that record sold on because there's this code in there you will always get a part of it and i love record shop they've been fundamental in coaching me about and educating me about nfts and i'm excited to work with them and we've got so much content coming i've got my own nft store that's going to be on the front of my website soon but yeah check out record uh, record shop it's amazing you can see what drops i've got coming and it it's Drop just sick yeah it's yeah, really important this- because i think platforms like well let's say all of them will probably become obsolete uh, at some point because everyone wants to sell their own content in their own store moving forward, right? And we're giving all these percentages away of our tracks. And you don't need to do that, man, you know? So, all, the, yeah. all, the, all the platforms will evolve and they'll just they'll have their own space in the NFT and it'll just be another thing, you know? They've got big audiences. Talk, let's talk about labels. No, that briefly on NFT. I feel like we're skipping through stuff. It's uh, well, a... <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to do it. Um, or should we do questions? We we'll do. Should we? Sh- let's do questions because I think people want to. Let's answer their questions. Yeah, let's so do it. Let's do that, and then we'll do labels and stuff other time. Yeah, plenty. To right. Let's some questions in the chat. Do you think the online streaming will start increasing as the pubs may shut down because of the energy poverty crisis? Wow, we're going big with the questions in the chat. Do I think what on st- online stream- online streaming will increase again? As the pubs are shutting down because of the online poverty crisis. Wow. Well, I tell you, we're all feeling that pinch, aren't we? I mean, I looked at my the other day and went through my account. I'm like, this electricity bill is mental. Um, but, um, you know, I, I personally think that I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I tell you what I do know is festivals are hurting. Ticket sales are down. Loads are cancelling. They're dropping like flies because who can afford a, a hundred and something pound ticket? I certainly couldn't. And it's like, you know, I think streaming and home in-home entertainment, whilst it's not the same thing, I think people are going to definitely be much more picky about the, the projects that they spend their hard-earned money with because it's insane what's going on right now. It's absolutely disgusting. Vomit. So yeah, I think I think streaming is the way to go if people can make it affordable. And but I think the idea of having just streaming and content is it's also community. Like this is a community. People get a chance to talk. I think that's I've always believed in it. I think it's a good idea, but yeah, you know, I could be wrong. <laughs> is there is there gonna be another uh, proper ammo event at Purple Turtle? You just missed one and it was sold out lines around the block. We had DJ Hype on Friday. It was amazing. Thank you, DJ Hype. Bless you for looking after me and not charging me $10 million. I love you. And uh, he was just phenomenal and wonderful. And he did it as a favor to me because we grew up sort of together in that way. And he's just amazing. What a talent. It's unbelievable watching that guy remix four tracks live in front of you. Every single track is like four tracks live. Um, the next one is December the 9th. And it's going to be our Christmas and my birthday party because my birthday's on the 7th. So yeah, it's the next one. Hope you make it down. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you could pick one record from the Acid House days, what would it be? Wow, that's a big one. 
Uh, acid House Days, probably Bang the Party or Meltdown, something like that. Um, who are your favourite up-and-comers right now? Uh, Moisin. It's my favourite. <laughs> yes. There's loads of amazing artists out there. Loads. DJ Rap, thank you so much for doing this today. It's been so much fun. And uh, thank you for your time. And I've enjoyed so much of this. It's been great fun. I really, really appreciate it. I've had a blast. And you guys are awesome. Thanks for all the support that you give to all the artists. I mean, you that are in here in the room at lunchtime, it's really amazing that you've done this for us. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Awesome. No worries. You have to come back on a demo stream where you can listen to some demos with me. It's, it's always good fun. Well, let's have a chat afterwards, definitely, about um, all, you know, all that stuff. I would love to do more things with you guys. And you will see me on Twitch soon, everyone. Speak to you soon. <laughs>